Last year it was here, but we didn't know it was here last Valentine's Day. This year with COVID, I can't take my wife out for a nice dine-in dinner with all the accoutrements, letting her know I love her. But I can still say I love you to those near and dear. Greeting card companies must turn on a dime. One of my team members noticed a card this year reading, I could never stay six feet from you. Not that funny, but true enough. Probably the most interesting gift idea I saw for Valentine's comes from the cheesemaker Tillamook. But I don't think my wife would really like Amazon Prime showing up at the door with a 40-pound block of cheddar. Kraft is cooking up pink mac and cheese dinners just for the occasion. Valentine's is a great time to share your love for others. But every day is a good day to remember Jesus loves us. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Regardless of how you feel about how things have gone this last year, it's been a tough year. And believe me, I know we all have our own opinions. Whether you believe we have overreacted or underreacted to COVID, one thing I think we can agree on. Most of us have felt deep isolation from time to time. For some, it's been more than you have ever experienced. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to be alone. And in a moment, we're going to consider his words to Timothy in his second letter a letter that reveals much about his loneliness and how the Lord was by his side in those hard times. And we'll also hear one last time from Professor Dr. John Lennox. He's been encouraging us to look to Jesus during these isolating and anxious days. And when we were recently chatting, I asked him what hope we can find in a coronavirus world. Christianity, unfortunately, under the guise of Christendom, has got many faces. And this kind of thing can rock people uh, Mm -hmm. to the base of their being. You know, it seems to me that there are two issues, Charles, here. There's, first of all, the situation of those of us who don't have the disease and are watching it. We're the observers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we tend to ask all sorts of big philosophical questions. But then there are people who are actually suffering it. And that's very different. If you're facing death from COVID, that would rock anybody. And therefore, mm-hmm. one needs to have something extremely solid to hold on to. And I believe that Christ offers that. He doesn't offer that the disease will be cured. But the gospel gives us something that actually transcends death and gives us what atheism can never give by definition, and that is ultimate hope. That's Dr. John Lennox, who wrote the book called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? John not only knows how the Christian worldview helps us to make sense of our world today, but he also offers us a sure and certain hope that we can find in Christ alone. After this program, I want to send you a copy of John's book for your gift to the ministry. Here's the number to call this Valentine's Day weekend, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. 
You can also go online and read a few pages from the book. And after that, make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, if you wanted to but didn't get around to it, we have the Gospel of Luke DVD still, which includes a feature film following the entire Gospel, word for word, in either the NIV or KJV. It's yours for a gift to the ministry. And now let's open with a group called One Sonic Society. Never once. Standing on this mountaintop Looking just how far we've come Knowing that for every step You were with us Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory Was your power in us Scars and struggles on the way But with joy Breathing in your grace 
It's off one of those WOW worship albums, an opening song here on Haven Today called Never Once by One Sonic Society. I'm Charles Morris. Where is God in a coronavirus world? That's been my question to you for the past couple of weeks. It's a question that gets to the heart of what so many of us are asking right now. It's not just the pandemic. It's the heart of our frailty as human beings. We don't just need to know what the Lord is up to right now. We want to know where he's bringing us in the future. Where is God? Is the cry of a heart that longs to see him. It reveals our vulnerability. And that's something the pandemic has put front and center for so many of us. Just how vulnerable we are as people. I certainly have felt that. And for many of us, the isolation that we have undergone has only made it worse. Being alone puts us face to face with our own weakness, with nowhere to hide. It was A.W. Tozer, the 20th century preacher, who said that what you think about God in your solitude that is most important. Being alone has revealed so much to so many of us. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to be alone. He wasn't living through a pandemic. But he did write to Timothy, that younger son of his in the faith, and talked about his being alone. Listen to what he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Titius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the coat that I left with Carpus at Troas, and my scrolls, especially the parchments, at my first defense. No one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Now that's Second Timothy 4, 9-16, and you get the idea Paul was alone. This was not a self-quarantine or isolating himself for the sake of those around him. He'd been arrested. He'd been sent to Rome to stand trial for preaching the gospel. And he was alone. He wanted Timothy to come to him soon. Other than Dr. Luke, he had no one with him. Paul was deserted. He had been left. Many of us have been alone. And in Paul, we find someone who knew what it was like. Think about the names Paul just mentioned. Titus was the young man that helped Paul plant a church in Crete. Mark, the author of the gospel, wasn't with Paul anymore either. Titius had left for Ephesus, but Demas must have hurt the worst. Demas was mentioned by Paul in his letters to the Colossians and to Philemon. He was a faithful brother, laboring alongside Paul to see many come to faith in Christ. But Demas was in love with the world. And in Paul's moment of need, he left. Paul wasn't just alone. He had been betrayed by someone he thought was a friend. Paul had to stand trial by himself, all alone. There's no doubt Paul welcomed what the Lord was doing in that moment. All of us have faced isolation over the past year. Some of us may have faced betrayal, and just like Paul, 
we've had to come face to face with our own vulnerability and face to face with the question, what is the Lord doing here? I want to go back to something Dr. John Lennox shared about this. What is the Lord teaching us? And how might things change when we get through this pandemic, Lord willing? I very much hope as an older person that it will increase our gratitude to the wonderful people who are keeping our health services going, keeping the food supply, the agriculture, the infrastructure, and the basic laws in society and looking after our country. The way in which volunteers have responded is nothing short of spectacular. And I hope something of that spirit, the love your neighbor has yourself, will endure in to the other side of this. But secondly, I trust that we'll all have a greater sense of urgency to take God seriously, realizing that we've only got a limited time. Uh, We're not permanent residents in this planet. Uh, We haven't got eternal tenure. We've got a limited time as Christians before we go to glory. And therefore, I would hope that we would redouble our efforts, not only to live as believers in our communities, but to express our Christianity in taking the serious questions of our friends who are searching and making a real effort to find credible answers that commend the gospel. One shocking statistic, it's not really a statistic, but observation is that People, certainly in Europe, are leaving the churches in droves. And the main reason they give is this. They don't answer our questions. And I do sense that we need to wake up to the fact that Jesus and the apostles were constantly answering people's questions and provoking them with their own questions. And in so doing, we're bringing them closer to understanding the wonderful truths of the gospel message. John Lennox, on an interview that he did with Colin Hansen of the Gospel Coalition, giving his thoughts for how we might grow as Christians through this pandemic. It's my prayer and my hope that we come out of this pandemic more faithful witnesses to the Lord, more empathetic with all of those around us, It's been hard for all of us, and for many different reasons. But through it all, have we seen the Lord at work? Has he changed our hearts? Has he strengthened our faith? We want to be stronger in the Lord. But sometimes we forget that to be strong in him, we must admit we are weak in ourselves. We must turn to him, full of faith, not full of our own self-importance, Paul's words from Philippians 4 are so important for us. Rejoice in the Lord, yet your gentleness be evident to all. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and pure, think on these things, set your mind on them, and then turn your eyes outward to your neighbor. This is an opportunity for us to grow. And when we do these things, Paul makes a promise the God of peace will be with us. Paul wasn't just making empty promises. He actually experienced it. While he was sitting in prison, writing 
this letter to Timothy about the painful experience of living alone, he didn't leave it there. He saw his situation through the eyes of faith. He set his eyes on the excellent and noble things. Here's how he described it to young Timothy. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. That blessing, that prayer, is from Second Timothy 4. Even when we're alone, those of us who know Christ are never truly alone. The Lord remains with us. His strength is with us. And he gives us strength so that those around us might hear the gospel more clearly. He wants to use our weakness and our vulnerabilities. He will rescue us from all evil. He will deliver us, and he will bring us safely to his heavenly kingdom. We can't forget that. And we can't forget that everything Paul promised Jesus Christ suffered on the cross to guarantee. Christ was left all alone, too, not just for his trial, but for his death. He was abandoned by all his friends, and eventually even his Father in heaven turned his face away. Jesus suffered alone for us, yet his promises are sure, and we can rejoice in his love. Where is the Lord in a time like this? He's with us, whether we're rejoicing or suffering. He's with us, and he's promised to never leave us. Why don't we just take a moment to pray together? Would you join me? Lord in heaven, we cry out, we call out, we praise you on this Valentine's Day weekend. Lord, we think about love at Valentine's. Let us think about your love for us that never ceases. The love that came from the Father in giving the Son, and then for the Son dying on the cross to set us free. Love unbounded. Love like no other love that any human being has ever been able to exercise. Lord, may we not forget Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And may we sense the spirit of the living God at work inside us, sharing that love with us, even this Valentine's Day weekend. Lord, be merciful to us, for we are sinners, but send us grace and thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Reminder, all of us need to keep receiving over and over again. Carrie Job singing, I am not alone. Over the past months, we've all experienced highs and lows. COVID cases rising and falling and rising again. And thankfully, right now, they're seemingly dropping. Some of us have lost loved ones. Others are still fighting for lives in hospitals. And even those who fear if world governments have conspired to make life harder. These are challenging days that can leave us wondering, where is the Lord? And I think that's why I've been so blessed by the little book that Oxford professor John Lennox wrote to help answer this question and others. John is answering tough questions in a book that's filled with profound biblical truth. This new book, Where is God? in a coronavirus world. Throughout this quick and encouraging read, John will help you focus on Jesus, the only hope we have. Why don't you call us right now, this Valentine's Day weekend, and make a gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry. And we'll send you the book, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Here's the number, 800 6 Five four twenty eight thirty six eight hundred sixty five haven or online you can read some of the book and make your gift there and we'll send it out to you at haventoday.org haventoday.org and it's still not too late to read or watch the gospel of luke this year and we still have the feature film the dvd telling Christ's story word for word from either the NIV or the KJV. You'll see it there on our website. You can watch the trailer. You can also ask about it when you call us. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the rest of your weekend in the love of God who reigns in our lives. And come back again with me next time when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Jesus said he was gentle and lowly in heart. But what does that mean? And why is this truth so often overlooked? I'm Charles Morris. Would you join me for Haven Today this week with Dr. Dane Ortland, grandson of Ray Ortland? in a rejuvenating series called The Heart of Jesus.